everybody. Welcome back to the Blue Collar Syndicate podcast. We are a little late, but welcome. Um, you got myself, John, and then across from me again is Mr. Albert. How are you doing? I'm good. Living the dream. Do you mind explaining why we are late? Um, we are late because I am working out of desperation mode, so I can't really pick and choose much anymore. The uh, What happened this weekend, I missed my kid's birthday, too. Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh, we, I thought you were here for it. No, I was I was here on his actual birthday, but I we had to reschedule his party because he was sick. Oh. Well, the whole house was sick, and we were just we had to cancel the day of, so we just rescheduled it for the next weekend. But I had a real bad week at work, and it was I either had to drive home from Tulsa empty on my dime, or I could have dr- drive to uh, Kansas City where I knew I had at least one job for Monday. So, I, you know, crunch numbers and long story short, it was a little bit cheaper just to spend the weekend in Kansas City and do that job on Monday and then come home. Yeah, it sounds like it makes sense. I mean, Tulsa and Kansas City aren't that far from each other. No, it's... it's it, especially in Tulsa, you can go to the Hard Rock Casino. Yeah, I've seen it. I've never stopped there. Though. It's huge. Yeah, I've been there a couple times. I um, think it'd be a good destination for like a husband-wife trip. Yeah, I, yeah I've been there a couple times. We were out there in... Stillwater, Oklahoma, working, and we went there one night, and then my ex-wife and I stopped there one night on our way back from one of her grandparents' funerals. So I just knew the area, so we stopped there. But yeah, it's a cool hotel, yeah, casino. Yeah, I I actually uh, stayed at a truck stop not far from it, but yeah, it's a big big building. Yeah, it's huge. I wanted to park in their parking lot. I didn't know I didn't know if they'd <laughs> kick me out or not. Yeah, it was just a bad week. I mean. Uh, Friday, I had two loads that got, or Thursday, was it Thursday or Friday? Fuck, I don't know. No, Friday, I had two loads that got dropped. So I got one, they canceled when I was almost to the place where I was supposed to pick up. And that was actually coming back to Colorado, would have been perfect. There's a good paying load too. Then we hurried up, pulled an audible, booked another, and I got there. And they told me it was like power poles. So I was thinking wooden power poles. Oh, shit. And it was the bottom piece of the big, massive steel ones. And that one was going to Kansas, so I wasn't going to be able to get home anyway, but at least I'd get paid to get to point B and then get the other load that was taking me back towards Colorado. I get there. It's pretty much at my max weight, and it's 45 and a half feet long. And they said it was maybe a couple feet over 40. And I'm allowed four foot of overhang before I have to pull oversized permits. So I would have had four and a half feet of overhang. And they, I told them, I was like, it's Friday, two o'clock in the afternoon. I don't know if I can get permits. Yeah. I was like, not to mention, I don't know if I can get this thing loaded and actually get the weight and stay legal on the weight side of it. So that one ended up getting canceled. And I was like, it was funny because I pulled up and there's a bunch of semis loading them. And I was the only dumbass there with a hot shot. <laughs> and I'm like, that guy's like, you're here for the little ones, right? I was like, I don't know. Here's my number. He goes, oh, one of the big ones. Never loaded these on a hot shot before. Now I know why. That was probably indication number one that wasn't going to be a good load. Yeah. I, I tried. We, I measured it 50 times, measured my trailer. I was like, there's just no way. I'm not going to risk getting stopped without a permit. That gets me in big trouble. Oh, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it's, it's your license, your DOT number, and you, it, it's, it's all you. It, once it gets put on your trailer, it's no longer their problem. Yeah, and I already got a violation last week. <laughs> I, left a, I left the truck stop not even four minutes down the road. 
Uh, Kansas State Patrol pulls me over. Let's do a little roadside inspection. Everything was great, but I'm not even, I'm not even trying to cover my ass. When I left, or the night I parked, everything worked. I walked around, did my little post-trip walk around. Everything was fine. I got up in the morning. All I did was park all night. So sometimes, you know, you get up, you just kind of kick the tires, mm-hmm. check everything, make sure it's good, haul ass, which is what I was doing because we had a load and I had to get there real quick. So I, I got out of the truck, checked the tires, made sure the things I have strapped to my deck were still secured, checked my flashers. My four, I just hit the four-way button. Four ways worked. I was like, all right, we're good. We start rolling. Uh, pulls me over, does the inspection. He's really cool about it. The fuse for my running lights on my trailer had bl- had blown or oh, come loose. No. So he does it and he's like, everything works, but your running lights on your trailer, your truck's fine. So he ended up passing the truck, but he failed. He didn't, he just not passed the trailer because of the running lights. Mm-hmm. Even though by the time he was in his car, I fixed it. I went and fixed the, pulled the fuse, replaced it and it was all good. I mean, he made a nice little note at the bottom that says I fixed it immediately, but it still goes in as a not pass. Yeah. So it's just a shitty week all around. <laughs> Yeah, that, that DOT cops were a pain in the butt. Yeah. So then uh, we were hoping to try to be back Monday. That I did get back Monday, but it was late at night. It was like seven, seven thirty or something when I got home. Mm-hmm. Which is a little late trying to for us to try to squeeze one in. And then Valentine's Day didn't want to make any of the old ladies mad. My old lady was probably still a little mad. I ended up working until nine o'clock last night almost anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but that was fine. It's for a a good customer. Hell yeah! So yeah, because when you were it was the weekend you were home. I wasn't even home, so that would have been an ideal yeah, time. Yeah, you I was were in, in California. Yep, we made a two day trip, well, a day trip because she had some elopement shootings to do for her wedding business, and so I tagged along just for the fun, just check out California because I've never been there. But yeah, that would have been an ideal time. But I didn't know you were sick, so I guess it wouldn't have worked out. No, I wasn't sick that weekend. Oh, wasn't that weekend? Yeah, that weekend would have been great, but oh. you had to go visit California. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, fuck, I mean, the beach was nice, but... Like I said on that one podcast, I'm willing to trade if they all want to just take Colorado all the way. I'll go out there and we'll flip California because it is nice out there. Yeah, because we, we were over by just up from Malibu at El Matador Beach where we started in the morning. She did her thing and then I did some photos for Rocket. And when we were leaving, there was some dude, you can tell he was either on something or he lived a life of being on something. It wasn't on it anymore. <laughs> yeah. He just had that attitude and he caught our attention for about 10 minutes bullshitting with us. Oh boy. So <laughs> it was a hoot. Yeah. <laughs> Every time I've been to California, I'm in and out as fast as I can go. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't bad. I mean, we didn't, we were there for literally a day. Yeah. The coolest thing I did in California was I drove my truck where I wasn't supposed to, and I ended up on the Golden Gate Bridge, which was interesting, but <laughs> I had to drive through like this little neighborhood in San Francisco, and I was like, trucks are not supposed to be down this road. Oh, yeah. Did you notice out there, like all the Teslas have little stickers that says electric vehicle, no emissions or something? Like they have not. to have it because the states, the state does those roadside emissions testing all the time. Oh, okay. Yeah, I noticed all the Teslas have this like little sticker on the back that says that. I was like, I, where we were in California, there was a lot of Teslas and a fuckload of Porsches, but we were also in Malibu in the rich area. Yeah, there were Porsches fucking everywhere. I'd hope to see some nice cars if you were up by Malibu. Yeah, 
But you ready to get into what we're talking about? Yeah. Uh, you saw my, my diary notes. Yeah. So we're going to talk about another TV show that I've watched and Albert has not. So this one is not Yellowstone. Nope. Not Yellowstone, unfortunately. This one is it's going to tie into a few of the other episodes we talked about. We just fought our way back out of not being canceled. So it's going to tie into a little bit of that and then a little bit of the Daily Wire and how things get... I don't know what the word is. How they advertise or how, how they... How they portray it a yeah. certain way on purpose. Yeah, how they, how they get your attention. Yeah. We're going to talk about The Last of Us. So the, for those that are listening that have not watched the TV show, The Last of Us, it's on HBO Max, and it is a show... It, it, originally, it's a video game on, on PlayStation, and they turned it into a show. And I've watched every episode so far, and it's really good. I haven't played the game, because I never had a PlayStation until fucking two months ago, because <laughs> I wanted to play God of War. So I got a PlayStation, so I know the game to an extent. But we're going to talk about, I can't remember the episode number, but th- it's the episode about um, the two gay lovers. And the whole episode was basically about them. So to get into it, because you've never seen the show. Nope. You don't have HBO Max. You don't watch that stuff. No. Okay. I heard it was good. It, yeah, it's a great show. So the way you are, you, I wouldn't, you probably don't want your kids watching this episode. Well, you might you just, there's probably about five minutes where you don't want them to watch. Gotcha. Um, so the first couple minutes, it shows the main characters, Joel, and I think her name is Ellie. And it talks about where they're headed, things like that. You know, this is the route that they're on. And it f- plays into where they're going. So this guy, well, let me, I guess I should, my, my storytelling is bad. So <laughs> it, we'll back up. It's one guy on a lot. So that, is this, like, to clarify, is this like a... It's not like a zombie apocalypse theme. Is it? It's just like an end of the world type of theme. It's an end of the so the Last of Us. It's an end of the world type thing. It they're called infected. They're not really zombies. It is a mutated fungus that took over. Okay. Um. So, kind so of like, like you, the if, strain. Have you seen that? I was gonna. I was going more towards like World War Z. You know how okay. everything just yeah. went crazy. Yeah. But the zombies aren't super fast and shit like that. Okay. It's a fungus that mutated, and it just started incubating and taking over. But yeah, it's still, if you get bit. Or you, you know, you're infected. But that's what they call them. They call them infected. So this guy dies. He, or when the whole sh- infected plague zombie apocalypse happens in the show, this guy is basically a doomsday prepper. So he was the only one that survived on his compound. So he has this entire place rigged up, booby traps, self-sufficient energy, and things like that. And it shows over the years, you know, what happens the first three years, the first 10 years, and then 20 years into the future where the show's taking place. It shows him. Um, and one person stumbles across his property into his compound and falls into a booby trap hole. So he goes out there, has a gun, you know, ready to shoot him because he doesn't know who it is. He doesn't know if it's a raider or an infected person or whatever, ready to kill him. And the guy begs his way into coming inside to get a meal and being on his way. Which, when we watched it, you know, it wasn't that big of a deal. It was just some dude stumbled across, passing through. Here's a nice meal and shower. And then the, we'll just, we'll, we'll just call him the stranger, the guy that walks through. 
um, notices that there's a piano. So he starts playing the piano because he's not good at it, but he you know, doesn't want to leave. So he plays, stops playing, and the guy that has the compound takes over and starts playing a love song and singing and starts crying. And Stacy and I both were like, okay, we kind of know where, what's happening. And then when he stops playing the song on the piano, the stranger asks, who's the girl? You know, like, who is this song dedicated to? And he said, there is no girl. And it worked its way into like that slow kiss type thing. We're like, oh, cool. Well, this is happening. Oh, man. And then it cuts to them getting into bed. And that's when Stacy and I both looked at each other like, well, this is getting a little uncomfortable. And they, you know, they showed the sex scene. There was no, you know, it was covered in all that shit. So, I mean, it's, with it being on HBO Max, they can go a little bit further than basic cable. But it's not Pornhub status. It's not Pornhub <laughs> status because I would have fucking turned the TV off instantly. Gotcha. But yeah, I mean, it definitely made us uncomfortable. So, before we get too much further into the episode, that's kind of where the high point in it is. And then what ties into previous episodes that we've talked about would be like Ben Shapiro, how he bashes things because you know you talked about how you feel about the daily wire you know they're following cnn's footsteps in just like the whole media world and after seeing the episode like i kind of agreed with the post but they did go a little far with it like the show's great the show is very good the episode that everyone's talking about was a little unnecessary to my knowledge but i mean the I don't take away, I don't mean, I wouldn't stop watching the show because of it. it, it now, if it was that every episode, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be watching it. Yeah. <clears throat> Where I first heard about it was, uh, I think it was Ben Shapiro or it was somebody on the Daily Wire, maybe just an article on their app. I read it and I was like, well, that sounds pretty uh, raunchy and stupid. Yeah. And then I, I listened to another podcast I've talked about before, Timcast, where they're a little more central, neutral on certain things. And uh, on Timcast, he, Tim Pool is pretty, like, he's a big fan of the game, and he, he still says the show's a great show, and he'll keep watching it, mm-hmm. nothing against it. Um, his point against it was, it was, it was unnecessary, kind of like you said, it seemed unnecessary. And he felt like it kind of alienated a lot of people watching because he goes, they, it's not that it offended me. I just didn't care because I don't relate to that at all. And he was like, it's, it's the age old thing we deal with these days where it's like the, the show decided to cater to a handful of people, but they probably turned off, you know, five handfuls of people by doing that. Yeah. And that was kind of his thing. And his thing was also too about like the sex scene, like, uh, or maybe it was one of the guests, maybe it wasn't him. But it, they were talking about how, like, just why was it necessary? Why did it need to go that far? Um, there was some argument whether that was off script from the game. Because I guess in the game, uh, you were telling me a little bit beforehand, they, they don't come out and say he's gay, but they don't come out and, like, give him a wife or anything. I think his wife had died in the past in the game. Yeah, that part I don't know. But, uh, like, it, I guess it, according to one of them, it was just off script of the game, which again turns off a certain bunch of people who are watching it because of the game. And then, so yeah, it brought in in my mind that whole debate about how 
each outlet is going to spin it a certain way. Daily Wire is going to spin it as, you know, a uh, an abomination. CNN's probably going to praise it, and all these things. Where I think once again, the unrepresented majority of people kind of felt how you were saying, like, did it need to go there? Not really. Did it ruin the show? Not really. Would have been a better if they made it a male female, maybe because. Not because it's bad to be gay, but it just would have been more relatable to a larger group of people. Yeah, and at that point, when you try and just change it, the entire theme of what because when the people the the nerd the nerdy people that really love the game, and when you change the game to a show and you completely fuck it up you instantly piss off this entire crowd. Whether or not they're gay or not, the, you know, the, the people that play the game, you, you, interest, you instantly lose those people's interest because you can't stick to original storylines. Yeah, and then, like I was saying, now add that, add that group of people to the other group of people who just didn't relate yeah. because they're not gay or they're not, it's just not their thing. Yeah, when you try, when you try to put that into everything, like we were talking about in the previous episode, just to gain, like you said, 10 extra viewers, you might be losing 15. Yeah. So is that really helping you? I'd say it's probably even a you lar- know, larger comparison. It's probably like you, you made five viewers happy, but you probably alienated 100 for one reason or yeah. another. Yeah, well, yeah, whatever the numbers are, it's not going to be... It's not, it doesn't seem like it helps in a good way. Where I got irritated was the show creator was quoted as this saying, he wanted to trick people into watching a gay scene. Yeah, and that's... I'm, I'm trying to pull it up over here, but it says, The Last of Us, the title on the Daily Wire, because since that's kind of what we're talking about, it says, this is on Daily Wire's website, the article says, The Last of Us director says he wanted to trick audience into watching gay love story. Yeah. See, and that, and like, that part of their story I can agree with, because it's like... If you feel the need to trick someone into doing something, it kind of hints that you're not doing the right thing. Yeah, you're not sticking to original script. Well, you're not sticking, or you're just, like like we talked about with uh, Tyler, you're just forcing uh, a view without regard to what other people might think. Yeah. Yeah, and like when, like I said, Stacey and I, like we watched it, and when it got to the the sex scene, we're like, even both of us looked at each other and said, well, this is kind of uncomfortable to watch. Yeah. I mean... Like we said previously, I don't, we don't care what people do in their own household, but I don't want to sit in my house and watch a gay sex scene. I think there's a, two men. I think, <laughs> I think there's a large part of people too that are just, um, sometimes I feel like a 50s conservative square because sometimes I'm just like tired of the sex scenes. You yeah. know, it's just like, why are we going here every five minutes? Yeah. It, to me, it's, it's a sign of a larger problem with society. You know, it's, that is a good point. It, it's like you can get into a lot more of the story without sex. Exactly, and it, it, it's it's not always just because it's gay or just it's ugly people or whatever. It's just like it's annoying. Mm-hmm. It's like this is this is completely unnecessary. You're taking away from the zombie infected killing. Yeah, and you're just watching. making more and more shows I can't watch with my entire family. Yeah, that is that is a good point you bring up. And it and I think a lot of people kind of start to feel that way, especially when they get older. Mm-hmm. It's just. It just gets old. Um, and then you, you kind of gain respect for 
other people like have you ever watched the show you on netflix no this dude's like a crazy stalker it's kind of dumb if you watch it <laughs> like i don't know why i'm so addicted but i'm addicted as a motherfucker that show and it's okay. kind of more of a chicky flick type of show it, it's a show that you would think is a chick like more chicks would be attracted to but i i like the new episodes dropped and i was sitting in my truck all day sunday and i watched all of them one day <laughs> i just had to but you and uh, stacy need to be sitting at not an aa but a netflix anonymous binging <laughs> binge group. watcher anonymous yeah because <laughs> I worked for three hours today, and she's been watching the show called New Amsterdam on Netflix. Yeah, we and watched, I, me and Haley watched the shit out of that. I, I joined her watching. It's actually really good. Yeah, it's a good show. Compared to like all of the other medical shows yeah. there are. Mm-hmm. And I got home, and I, was, I, was, I almost asked her, how long have you been watching this? And the episode ended, and it said, are you still there? I was like, never mind. Netflix <laughs> just told me how long you've been doing this. Is it time to take a break? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the... Uh, but what i was saying that guy you the main actor there's a lot of sex scenes in that throughout that tv show because it's like oh i know i saw the article of where yeah where he said uh out of respect for his 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 real life marriage he wanted less sex scenes there's still some but they're a little less raunchy than previous seasons and yeah they're definitely less frequent i remember being a, a younger kid you know when the characters would kiss and make out and then the sex scenes i did watch when i was a child i was like but aren't these people like married like how do they i guess that i know that they're acting mm-hmm. but how do they get to that spot in their head and then go home and be with their partner well i mean i guess that's just kind of what can make some actor special you know yeah being able to know that they're acting and stuff but that'd be hard for me yeah i i could never do it even if i could my wife would kill me but no, it's, it's just one of those things where those were the two angles I looked at it. I was like, I think it's like how I talked about Yellowstone, that guy trying, uh, what's his name? Sheridan, the guy who creates Yellowstone in the prequels. He also created Tulsa King, which okay. Tulsa King's a fucking badass show. When you see like the cover, it's on Hulu, I think it's Stallone. So you're like, what is this old guy oh, doing? Okay. When's yeah. he going to give it a rest? Dude, the show's so good. We have a, a fire stick TV in our trailer. So it shows all like the hit stuff, and yeah. I remember seeing that Tulsa King's fucking like you. I first seen it, I was like, "This looks like it's going to be kind of cheesy." It's just Stallone trying to get you know another few movies or TV shows in before he has to retire because he's so old now. Mm-hmm. But it's so good, really. Yeah, okay. it's probably like just his look and his demeanor. It's probably one of the best fitting roles I think he's played in a very long time. Really? Okay. Yeah, like I I feel like he's actually not acting as much as you would need to act like in rocky like Adrian! yeah like to me it just fits him he's kind of like he he in the tv show he is a old mobster oh he's supposed okay. to be an old guy so it's not like expendables where stallone is 70 trying to act like he's 40 he was pretty good in the expendables. no i love the expendables don't yeah. get me wrong not bashing at all really i'm just saying like <laughs> they're definitely playing it off like he's 40 when he's actually like 70. Okay. In this show, he's 70 something and his character is actually 70 something. Okay. So, so he's all, playing the real person. Yeah. It, it rolls together really good. And just like, he's an old mobster and he's got an old mobster look and a, you know, the suit with the pinky rings and shit. It's, oh, I feel okay. like he's not doing a lot of acting cause it's probably really natural cause it just fits. It's almost like they wrote the character because they knew they were going to get him to play it. But yeah, they made the role for Stallone. Yeah. It's, okay. It's a good fucking show. Gotcha. But no, back to the last of us. Uh, yeah, that was the big thing that turned me off was just the creator just 
I'm not, uh, you know, I wanted to trick people into, it's like, why you have to trick people? If it's that great of a selling point, you shouldn't have to trick no one into buying it. Yeah. And I mean, like I said, we watched the whole thing and like the quick conversation we had off before we started recording and on IGN, it's a gaming, uh, community on Facebook or company, whatever. And they, when every episode comes out, they do a side-by-side comparison of the show and the game. So that way people know how truthful they're being and how well they're sticking to the content or not. And this is where I kind of got all my stuff because like I said, I haven't played the game. So I try and read as much as I can on it. So that way I kind of know. And they never, in the game, they never officially said that they were partners, gay lovers or anything like that. They might have said that, you know, this, you know, that they were together, they were friends and shit like that, but they never said husband, wife, boyfriends and shit like that. So they definitely did take it to the next level for the show. And like the gay storytelling, it wasn't really necessary because you very easily could have played it to where the guy stumbles into the compound and they just become friends and they live on this compound for the rest of their lives because Mm -hmm. they did make it a a gay love story because now... I looked at it as the relationship when I was watching the show because you now have this guy that's had this compound for 20 years by himself and his now partner comes in and wants to change fucking everything. I'm going to go clean up the boutique that's down the street because I want something nice to look at. Like, bro, you're in a fucking zombie apocalypse. What is there nice to do? Right. Let me go put a fresh cone of lacquer on the fucking paint out there and go polish the chain link fence. I mean, they, they... they definitely played the re- relationship role a lot in it. How, you know, one person wants to change things and things like that. You know, it was, it was annoying to a sense because they, like I said, they could have very easily made it to where, say, like, you and me stumbled upon each other, a, a z- zombie apocalypse, and just became great pals, you know, dominating this compound and every person that came on top of it, killing everyone. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's what, like, the Timcast crew was kind of hinting at was it was just, his thing was like, like we repeated a hundred times on the last two podcasts. Like he didn't care. He's like, you lost me. Like I, I just ch- kind of checked out because it's unrelatable to me. Yeah. And he goes, it might've been, I'm sure it was relatable to some people, but he goes, from- how, my question is, how is it relatable? Because we've never been through a zombie infected ap- a- apocalypse. Well, I mean, maybe if there's a gay couple who's watching the show, it's relatable to them. But his whole point was, it's like, you made them too happy, but my whole family checked out for that episode. Yeah. It, it and, was very irrelevant. And one or two steps further, and you might have lost people who won't even continue to watch future episodes. Yeah. And his thing was like, if you wanted to write a great story, he brought up the scenario like, you could easily just replace that person with a woman, and it would have been relatable to 90% of the people watching rather than 10%. Um, or he was like, like you said, it didn't even have to be a love story. It could have been a friendship thing. Yeah. And it would have been closer to the game. And it's still like people would relate to that, relate to friends. Or he goes, brothers. It could have been brothers. And mm-hmm. it would have been relatable to anybody with siblings, whether you're a girl with a brother or a brother with a brother, whatever. It would have been relatable to so many more people. But he's like, why this guy just chose to do that is just seems like a bad TV move. Yeah. And then, you know, I guess this is kind of like just where it goes, I guess. I mean, yeah, like, yeah, after watching the whole episode, it wasn't, 
like I get the point of the episode because it did back it it did um, storytelling in the back scenes to lead up to where the main characters are coming to get all this stuff. But yeah, it just was it wasn't as necessary. They they made an entire episode out of it where the main ep- the main characters got you know maybe ten minutes or less of screen time because they did all this back storytelling that wasn't a hundred percent necessary. Yeah, and then we were talking about how. It was a suicide. What is it? A suicide oh, fantasy or something? Yeah. So the other thing that they actually they went they they went more into the suicide part of it because it was like I said it was the whole on as far as the gay love scenes and stuff they were on the position of you just kind of shot yourself in the foot you didn't you just made it unrelatable to a lot of people so they checked out but then they when they were going further into the TV series they were talking about the suicide aspect of it. And the big problem with a lot of places fantasizing suicide and making it, you know, romantic when suicide's not romantic. No. <laughs> and that was kind of their thing is, is like, it's another TV show, another push on romanticizing suicide, which is something everybody everywhere needs to stop doing because it's, it's not romantic. It's not cool. It's not, it's not anything. And I know there's people out there that have had those problems, those thoughts, stuff like that. but. Uh, they they talked about that and they just talked about what they feel the issues are with mainstream media romanticizing suicide because now we have you know assisted suicide which is something we're getting into in the states it's legal in like Seattle I think or what? Portland assisted suicide where uh, like if you're terminally terminally ill you can get suicide pills um it's legal it's legal in Canada and it, it's a subject I've always been conflicted on. I feel multiple ways about it. It's kind of like abortion. I yeah. definitely see some pros and cons in the issue, but I think a lot of people like to talk about all the pros, but never uh, want to admit the con- the cons to the subject. Okay. So, like in Canada, they their assisted suicide program is legal, and they they have what they call checks and balances. So they'll be like. You know, you can't just have one doctor prescribing everybody suicide pills. You have to have like three or four doctors consult. An entire board. There's like a waiting period. But now in Canada, they're starting to uh, push it upon people who aren't asking for it. Like there was uh, some story about like a vet in the their version of the VA or whatever had some issues and couldn't get the right medication, needed to switch medication. And they were like, well, have you ever considered assisted suicide? Like I'm not here to kill what? myself. I'm here to fix my problems. Yeah. So that I mean, that's, I mean, it's a permanent fixture, but yeah. Well, <laughs> the, that's the thing, and uh, that's what they're saying. The con side of it is is eventually it's going to lead into medical establishments kind of like hinting and pushing and what pers- bullshit. Well, I mean, on the flip side of it, the- Albert, this is why you when you do too much research, it's too much because you know so much. Well, but is it necessary to know all this? <laughs> because I'm getting frustrated. Well, the, here's the pro side. I look at it, the assisted suicide options, right? Imagine you're super terminally ill. Yeah. There, it, it's not a matter of trying new things. It's like you have staged whatever cancer. It's a zero prognosis. There's no hope. And... I've seen people have to go into like hospice. Oh yeah. And it's depressing as shit. It's hard as fuck. Yeah. And 
I could see the the need and the desire to want to go out with dignity on your own terms. You know, I could see, you know, my uncle can barely breathe right now. And I could see him getting to a point where it's like he's just tapped out and done. Well, it, it it would be easier to just relax and be done and be over. I mean, granted he he's still at a point where it's he's able to manage a a, a large enough percentage of his illness to you know justify keep going mm-hmm. and he's still got the willpower to keep going most of the time but i don't know what he's gonna look like in a year or two years you know that people got to understand it's like i joke with my wife all the time and say if i'm a vegetable just fucking push me out the door driving down the road yeah that's not a way i'd ever want to live ever push I'd, me in a pool i wouldn't want to be a burden to my family or my friends and I think that's the pro side of the whole assisted suicide options is if you have enough brain and enough stuff or, or you drew out a will way ahead of time and stuff, I could see there being the multiple reasons. Another reason I've heard people argue that that, that should be an option is, you know, hospice and hospital treatments and ambulance rides, all that shit ain't free. And it, you're kind of, if you're in a place where that's not an option, or you don't want to stick a you know piece of lead through your teeth, you can end up bankrupting your family knowing that the end is still the end. Yeah. So I could see people saying... You end your life and then fuck your family financially. No, no, no. Not end your life. They drag it out by sending you to hospice, by taking an ambulance ride. So I could see people saying like, look, either way, I'm going to be mating with the dirt in six months. Mm-hmm. The difference is whether there's going to be a million dollars worth of hospital bills between now and then. And the only thing that's going to result in is my family, you know, granted they can't like go after your family for your bills, but maybe, maybe you spent a life with a building a company and you have a bunch of assets. You wanted to leave your kids or your grandkids. Well, if you die, your estate has to pay your medical bills first. Mm-hmm. One of the, one of the first things they have to pay. That's just less stuff. You get to leave your, you know, your kids or your grandkids or family or charity or whatever you want to do with it. So I could see the argument of saying like, hey, I'm a vegetable. I know I'm a vegetable. Like, let's, let's put an end to this now before it does more damage than good. Because I've seen it a few times where it's just like the, there's just more damage than good. Oh, yeah. You know. Yeah, my cousin, um, he, let's see. He passed away when he was 20. Let's see. I'm 31. Three years younger. So th- 29. So, yeah, nine years ago, whatever. However long ago. He fought cancer four times in his 20-year life. So just think of that first. Yeah. Um, his fourth round with a different type of cancer, they had to go through like different experimental stuff where they had to go down to Dallas from here in Denver mm-hmm. every so often and do you know experimental trials and treatments, you know, thinking it would work. And it worked for a little bit, but eventually it didn't. And it got to the point where he was tired of it. He's like, I can't keep doing this. I've been, I've been doing, I've had cancer for over half of my 20 year life. Yeah. Major surgeries spent years upon years just in a hospital. He's like, I'm done and I I can't do it anymore. So what are you supposed to do? He, he literally just had to lay there and wait till his body was done. Yeah. And one being someone that, you know, loves that person that has to go and say goodbye to them and you know, them not looking like anything they were two years ago fucking sucks and then being that person i can only imagine what it's like laying there wishing 
why can't I just die now instead of waiting and watching all the misery and being in pain? Watch all all these people be sad for me when there's no outcome. Well, and that's, you know, I could also see the, the benefit to it. If you're, you know, you're terminal, there, there is no options. There's multiple, you know, like I said, like some of the checks and balances that are good, you have to have three or four or five doctors all agree. Like, yes, this, there is no option here. This is, this is the end. It would be nice to say, I'm going to choose my own out. I'm going to take my out. And I want to make sure I can say goodbye to these people. Cause how many people didn't get to go say goodbye because they thought there was more time. But if you could say, Hey, you know, April yeah. 1st is the day. I want to see you before then. That's a horrible day to pick. That's April Fool's. Well, Psych! <laughs> Psych, bitches! <laughs> That's kind of the point. But no, I'm just saying, could you imagine though, like being, a- being able to have at least that much power over the end of your life where you could make that decision? Yeah. I, I mean, I see the pros to it. But then again, people want to talk about all these pros we just talked about, but they don't, they don't want to be honest and say, you know, there's the potential the government's going to take advantage of this and start recommending it instead of giving it as an option. Well, all right. So if, if, well, hold on. Let's see. If we, let's go down this hole a little bit so that way we can go back to the Last of Us part. But I don't think the government would do that because then they're losing money unless they can make money off of suicide because that's, that's their argument about why they're not making it legal, though. Yeah, because one, cancer is a fucking moneymaker. Exactly. And then when you have the, pharma, the pharmaceutical side, when they control all the opioids, why would they want to get rid of that when, if we just off you, now we're losing money because you're not here to take our shit. That, that's the argument of why they won't. And that's the push to make it legal is the government shouldn't have that authority. I mean, if you recall, we have the right to uh, the pursuit of happiness. And if being dead instead of laying in bed in pain is happier, yeah. they're violating your constitutional right. People, that's what people argue is like, the only reason it's not legal is because of what you just said. Because the government's like, no. We're going to milk these cash cows. Yeah. Everything, all they see is dollar signs. Not so much the government. I'd say it's more like you said, the pharmaceuticals. Yeah. Because the government, like imagine if you're a poor person, you're on welfare. You're just costing them money at that point. Yeah. But I mean, we all know in real life in the back doors of DC, that fucking money's just going from hand to hand between pharmaceutical companies and our government. Mm-hmm. So no, I mean, but there's a lot of pros and cons and then. Like I said, the the reason it came up in The Last of Us is I guess there's some suicide going on in it and they make it like romantic and they kind of idolize it instead of their concern was like, it's going to push that view upon people who could be helped. And it was nice because on that, on that episode, they had a good back and forth kind of like we had. They had a guy who was like saying why, why suicide could be a good thing. Yeah. And they had guys saying why it's, they don't think it's a good thing. And they had a good conversation about it, but that was kind of, the big concern, John, there is it's, you know, suicide is way up among young people. It's it, super up among men too, which dude, is something oh, we'll have to it. talk about on a, on our man episode that we spoke about. But, yeah. but they were saying the problem is you have people, suicide gets romanticized and it looks elegant and it looks sweet and it looks endearing. And then you just have some 15 year old girl who goes and offs herself because the kids at school are assholes. And she sees suicide as romantic, the romantic way out. Now, I can tell you my personal opinion on suicide, which is why it's conflicting the whole end of death, is I think suicide's super chicken shit. I really do. But then again, I contradict myself when I say, you know, if I'm a vegetable, push me out the door. <laughs> well, yeah, down I mean, the highway? The, when we're, yeah, when, when we talk about the current topic of the talking points that we have, 
there are different ways yeah if it's just because of sad and shit like that then yes chicken shit yeah but terminally ill not really chicken shit yeah but to the like so to the last of us the romanticizing suicide the stranger the guy that came onto the compound he was sick so he either had cancer or something he was wheelchair bound he had to be picked up and put into bed he had to be picked up and bathed and all sorts of shit he was wheelchair bound they never said what he was sick with obviously there's no doctors Mm -hmm. on this compound and he woke up one morning saying that telling you know his boyfriend that today's my last day i have this you know bag of pills i want you to crush it up and put it in my wine tonight and he planned out his entire day like you know this was my this is going to be my last day i'm tired of living like this it fucking sucks and you know he planned the day they did it you know they may had dinner they did the whole love story thing and what what happens was they come out so the guy that's not in the wheelchair does all the cooking obviously he makes the dinner he does all that shit they end the night with a glass of wine they start drinking it and then he puts the crushed up pills in the guy's glass so he could drink it and he he slams it so there's that quick pause after they drink that where the the stranger guy that's in the wheelchair asks if he already put all the pills in the wine in the entire entire bottle he said yes enough to kill three horses or an elephant you know whatever analogy Mm -hmm. he used and they they turned it into this romeo juliet you know if i if you can't be here then i won't be here without you you know which woo it's i mean dude it's the zombie apocalypse they're fucking 70 years old that's or whatever age they are in the actual show they portrayed them as old and it was just storytelling for it but yeah i mean when younger the younger generation and the younger kids see that it doesn't really demonstrate a good message that if your partner is dying or is going to die that you die with them to me it's like the equivalent of listening to a cokehead tell you about how great coke is because you can keep drinking and they forget to tell you the part about how being a ridiculous cokehead can also ruin your life yeah and that's kind of i think what they were saying <laughs> they made the same point you did they they tried to make it romeo and juliet like and uh that was their whole concern is it was like as a big society thing you know at what point are we going to stop pushing things that have a uh, how do you say like a an overall negative mm-hmm. you know the romanticizing suicide the constant porn on tv all this stuff it's just been degrading our society by you know death by a thousand cuts it's just one thing one thing so now it's it's they're what are they they're trying to normalize things that shouldn't be normalized oh, Su- yeah. suicides shouldn't be normal no. it should be the weirdest thing we ever hear of but it's kind of like the balloons lately it's happening every day <laughs> well it's like the conversation we had a couple uh, episodes ago you know school shootings are just a normal thing you know you mm-hmm. hear about it like oh where was this one at which yeah. is it, that shouldn't be normal there's so many you can't even keep exactly yeah. and that was their their thing welcome was, to america yeah it was just like at what point can we ask mainstream media to like quit normalizing stupid shit quit 
quit normalizing lots of things. Well, when you have one of these in every person's hand that has the access to the fucking world, I mean, I didn't get my phone until I was in eighth grade. And when I was in eighth grade and wanted a cell phone, I had to go get a job so I can pay for my part of it. And when, for the younger people that if you are listening, we didn't have the internet like we did when, when you Dude, and me were that My first phone young. had phone calls. It accidentally had texting because my mom didn't even want me texting. Yeah. And the only other thing on that phone was fucking snake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You could text um, like Verizon to Verizon for free or you had, then you had 500 or whatever yeah. increment amount of text outgoing. We used to pay per text people. Yes. You were allotted <laughs> 500 texts per people that did not have Verizon. But if yeah. it was Verizon to Verizon, it was free. Remember the whole uh, text me after nine or call me after yeah. nine. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, but, but these phones have the entire world on it. So when the people that control advertising and marketing and things like that, they can romanticize suicide, they can romanticize drugs, and they can push it all down your throat to where it's that is what is flooding your phone to where you see it so much. Yeah. So when people, it it it's so easily put in everybody's faces, and then the second part, which it's hard for me to speak on because I don't have kids. It seems like every child has some sort of tablet or, or screen in their face, which I don't know about your kids, so I can't really say anything. They do. But I mean, <laughs> they, they 100% I mean, they, does. <laughs> they, they have access to the world. Yeah. I mean, that, it's super concerning because like I said, the older I get, the more fucking 50s square I get about shit. Like I was going through my son's tablet, right? And he has like a, an Amazon tablet. And it's like kid friendly and stuff, but I'm always worried because you see all these stories about this shit they're sneaking into kids friendly, like Momo. Yeah, Dude, shit that, like that. So I'm, I'm all, a grown adult, and Momo scared me. That image of Momo. Fuck yeah, no. I'm always you know checking it and just deleting apps and blocking things I don't want. I don't think he should be watching. Um, you know, it goes back to the normalizing shit. There, there's a TV show like a little kids cartoon, and it's just like a little kids cartoon. They're doing whatever the fuck little kids cartoons do. Next thing you know, there's two fucking 12-year-old lesbian girls on it. And I was like, why? Why do we go here? Hmm. Like, these kids are supposed to, these, like, little animated characters are supposed to just be, like, fucking hanging out with Paw Patrol solving fucking crimes. And now we got this whole lesbian theme in it. My son is five. The furthest thing from his mind is on who he should be kissing. He wouldn't have this problem with anime. <laughs> gotcha <laughs> maybe i've seen some anime though so, yes that is uh are you pretty, the, pretty, the, i've seen some pretty porn hubby anime i was saying <laughs> what, what kind of shit are you watching <laughs> no so i'm like i'm always going through it and i'm blocking shit and restricting shit you know and all this shit that is uh you know it doesn't align with my morals like people think it's hilarious my two-year-old's obsessed with king of the hill but that's also half-assed by design when I'm home and the kids want to watch cartoons, I log on and put The Simpsons on or King of the Hill because that's what I watched. And if you go back and watch some of the old King of the Hill, goddamn, that shit would never fly these days. Oh, no. But it's also so simple. Like, the, so many of the themes on King of the Hill are like, don't lie to me, Bobby. Go to work, Bobby. Old school morals, yeah. Yeah, just simple, good, easy morals. And, and like I said, it's, it's not that my kid doesn't need to learn about you know gay relationships and sex ed and all that shit but not when he's five Mm -mm. in about 10 years i'll have those conversations with him 
And that's what I don't like about, like we're talking, these TV shows just normalizing everything. It's like, I don't want it normal. First of all, I don't want a boy and a girl kissing on a cartoon made for my five-year-old kid. No. Like I said, that who he's kissing is the furthest thing from his mind. The only thing he wants to do is eat candy, build blocks, ride his dirt bike, and play video games. Yeah. There's so much storytelling and good morals and you know habits and good practices that can be taught in TV shows that I think get ignored. They do. And like I said, go back and watch the cartoons we watched. The Simpsons, that, that's the why kids, I, the old school Ninja Turtles, not yeah. the new shit, the old ones. That's why it I was all simple stuff. stuff. Yeah, that, it like, was all. And that's why I'm like, you want to watch cartoons? You're watching King of the Fucking Hill. Yeah. <laughs> if I have kids, they're watching Dragon Ball Z with me. It's going to fucking and then, happen. When you watch King of the Hill as an adult, you also realize like the adult subtle messages that were yeah. in, that you never <laughs> noticed. Like you, you see all like the subtle racism that's not really racism. And you're like, this is like what more people need to see. Mm-hmm. Like they see, because uh, he has uh, his, you know, uh, Hank Hill's neighbors, the Asian family, right? Okay. And you see like the Asian dad, like Hank Hill's always dogging on him about some shit, but the Asian dad, like we were talking on the other episode about racism, he's always dogging right back. Yeah. And then in the end, it's just this friendly, happy thing. But, you know, they might yell across the fence some very subtle racial jokes, but then when the neighbor's house catches fire and he needs help, Hank goes and helps, mm-hmm. you know, or he needs help fixing his car or whatever it is. Or, you know, Connie goes and helps, helps him with a bunch of shit. You know, you just, you see the grown up messages that were hidden in it that you didn't notice when you were a kid. And I'm like, this is what cartoons should be like these simple, simple messages, you know, respect people, be nice. Don't be an asshole. You can w- still work have ethics. fun cultural jokes and not cross the line and still be a great neighbor. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, like I said, the, the whole, like, it just, it's like there's another cartoon. I came home one day. This is when I was still working on the pipeline. It hit me. It pissed me off, Riley. I, I, <laughs> I think I told you. Yeah. I walked in and it was like these bears and they're protesting a drilling rig yeah, in Alaska. And I'm like, that. hell no. It's getting turned off right now. But again, it's like, take aside, take out my obvious bias because I'm coming home from pumping natural gas and shit. But. Let's look at the bigger picture. Why are you showing this on a cartoon that literally says for two to five-year-olds? Like this, they don't fucking know what natural gas or oil is. No. But they want to... There's a certain agenda to romanticize all kinds of things. Suicide, sex, you know, environmental crap, whatever the thing may be. And they're sticking in these little kid cartoons. Look at all the shit Disney's getting into. You know, Disney. Yeah, we talked about this earlier. Yeah. I quit watching all the, like, the DC, I'm sorry, not DC, all the Marvel stuff. Yeah. And it, and then that's, like, the whole, like, why are we going here? Like, just entertainment should be entertainment. Mm-hmm. And if it's, uh, I don't know if I can make this comparison, but it's almost like BET, where you have black entertainment. <laughs> if you're, go- <laughs> I know this is horrible, <laughs> but if you're going to have the shit that we don't want to watch put it somewhere else don't put it literally everywhere like where are we supposed to watch the stuff that we want to watch like obviously there's going to be good shows on every network right mm-hmm. everyone's going to have their favorite show on cmt mtv fucking bet fucking bravo the daily show or you know whatever mm-hmm. everyone's going to have their their pick of the luck they're going to everyone has their own taste but it's everywhere well, I think the problem is now everything's to, it's always got to be the extreme side. Yeah. If you look at it, the shows that really like honestly do the best, not the shows that the news tell you is doing great, not the shows that are getting all the commercials, 
It's the shows like Yellowstone, which hits a very middle ground along a lot of people. Yeah. You know, like we talked about, that guy tried to say it's not a right wing show. You're wrong. It clearly is. But it gives a great aspect and a great look at the other side of shit, too. It gives a great look at the, the Indians and the reservations and all those issues. Mm-hmm. It gives a very, it gives you both sides and you get to make up your mind. And those are the shows that suddenly do the best. Look at Dave Chappelle's specials. The reason his specials are fucking always, or, or uh, Andrew Scholl's, the reason they're, they're co- Joe Rogan, all those big comedians, Burt Kreischer, all of them. The reason their comedy does so fucking great is they're, those comedians, they dog on everybody. Mm-hmm. Every single person. Everybody gets equal if you're black, around. Look at, look at Dave Chappelle's jokes. He'll make fun of black people, white people, Asian people. I mean, I've seen a pretty off-color joke about vets. And even that made me go, ouch. But he's fair. <laughs> he dogs on everyone. He, he doesn't just do comedy about veterans, you know. And he doesn't just do comedy about white people. He does comedy about everyone. Mm-hmm. And that's why we all love it. And that's why when you go look at the ratings, it shows we love it and the critics don't approve of it. It's like, yeah, well, you're wrong. Because the bazillions of views he gets in the Netflix specials they keep begging him to do say otherwise. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the numbers won't lie. Yeah, the real numbers. The numbers from people like you and me. Yeah. Not the numbers that, you know, some snobby critic who gets paid $50 for his fucking shitty opinion rights. Yeah. It's, yeah. What, it's what we're talking about at work or in passing. We got, I went, like we were talking, I went golfing over the weekend and it was Super Bowl Sunday and our friend that I went with, he went home to watch the, the, the game. He asked me if I was going to, and I said, fuck no, why do you think I'm out here golfing? Right. <laughs> I'm not giving them my time. He's like, you're not going to watch this. I said, why would I openly give them my viewer rating count? Like, that's the point, you know, that, that's why. Their halftime show does not mean anything to me. Their commercials don't mean anything to me, because all the millions of dollars that they're going to spend on these commercials just to get airtime, they're going to end up on fucking Facebook. Well, and the problem with the commercials these days is they... They clearly are serving certain agendas where, what was it, 10 years ago, they had fucking just commercials all over the spectrum for anything, and they were always hilarious and edgy as fuck. My favorite Super Bowl commercial ever, what's yours? Puppy Monkey Baby. No. (laughs) My favorite one, Theft Deterrent, with the Sprint phone. When they had the, remember when they had the hard-ass, like, Nextel walkie-talkie indestructible flip phones? Okay. And he's like, he's like, in in like like golfing or the sauna or something, but he's in like a locker room with the dude and he's like, Oh, is that the new fucking push to talk or whatever it is? Next tell. He goes, Oh yeah. And he's like telling him it's like indestructible, crush proof, all this shit. And he goes, and it's got theft deterrent. And he was like, what do you mean? It's got theft deterrent. He goes, watch, try to grab my phone. He puts it in his pocket and the buddy reaches to grab the phone. He grabs it and just throws it at his fucking head and knocks him out <laughs> and then picks it up and calls somebody. He goes, oh, theft deterrent. <laughs> Yeah, but those were the commercials you used to see. Yeah. Now it's like, brought to you by Pfizer. Like, that's not the shit I want to see. You should get vaccinated. Like, talking about that Super Bowl commercial makes me want to go buy a fucking walkie-talkie phone right now. <laughs> I, I don't know why those died. Because my dad had one for his work. Yeah. And everyone, because he drives a dump truck. The little boop, boop. Yeah, everyone had one in his trucking business. Oh, yeah. Because in the middle of the night, you'd hear the, boop, boop. hey, cowboy. Boop, boop. Yeah. I don't know why. I mean, I kind of know why they died because they would be like, 
me at the grocery store and Albert trying to catch me on the walkie talkie. Hey, fuck face. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I would, I'd roll with it. Yeah. I totally get one. I, I did so many times. Like I have a tablet, a laptop and a smartphone. And there's times where I just get so irate. I like get on T-Mobile and I'm like, man, this fucking flip phone for old people is like 25 bucks. Yeah. I'm going to buy it. That's where you should get all the, all, all children, middle school, elementary school, high school, maybe not high school. Who knows? I don't know. I don't have kids should get a flip phone and they should start with that shit. I agree and disagree. So I agree because that's what I had. I also agree that your kid's first car should be like a $500 pile of shit that he has to fucking fix and not fuck up even worse. But I disagree because there's a point like we were talking about in today's society. I don't think you can get away from it. I mean, you can give him a flip phone. He's going to get bullied because he has a shitty phone and then he's still going to, you know, remember how we were in high school. You get on the computer, go to some proxy website and then you can go visit whatever website you want anyway. Yeah. Like it, 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 to me, it's like, is it a mute point? I take approaches to technology like I take approaches to my kid. Some people don't agree with the fact that my kid cusses like a fucking sailor. Like me, his mom, like I'm not going to change how I talk for him. But I've took the approach of I make sure he knows how to use cuss words and where to use them. Yeah. Like he's uh, not going to say fucking shit. He does not class. cuss at school. Yeah. Like he knows he'll get a spanking. He's going to stay in the corner or he's going to get, have to sit in his room for two whole days with no toys. Um, and the teachers have pointed out, like my son's one of the only kids who hasn't, they have these like little dojo points. It's like when we used to get little stars, you get so many stars, you get a prize. Mm -hmm. Like they call them dojo points in his class. He's one of the only kids who hasn't had any taken away. And a lot of the other boys are getting theirs taken away because they're saying shit and fucking damn, Hmm, my kid won't cuss. And I'm like, and then he'll, he'll walk home. Or he'll come home from school, not walk, but we'll bring him home from school and he'll walk and get a snack and his mom will make him something like, mom, this is fucking good. You know, (laughs) but I've taught him like, you can say this is fucking good or damn that hurt. But I tell him like, you don't ever tell your mom, fuck you. Yeah. Like you can say that fucking hurt or this is fucking good or that fucking sucks, but you don't ever tell someone, fuck you. Yeah. You don't say that unless we're joking. Like you can say it with me, but you can't say it with mom. And you can only say it to me if I say it to you first. Yeah. Like. Yeah, there's, there's grounds here, boy. I've took an approach on teaching him how and where to use them, which is kind of how I think I'm going to have to deal with technology as he gets older. Even with his tablet, he's like, like how algorithms suggest so much shit, you know, and kids watch the dumbest shit, dude. Like he had all Spanish animated like cartoons. I was like, what are you watching? He goes, I don't know. I watched one and they keep coming. So then I'm like, we're going to block all these because these are no good to you. Yeah. You don't speak Spanish and it's all like girl stuff. He's going to be speaking so now he comes, by the age of fucking seven. <laughs> oh, he does. He's got some Hispanic friends in school. So he's always like, I learned how to say gracias, you know, but you know, he brings me his tablet and says, why is this on here? Can you take it off? So he's like, I'm taking that approach where I'm trying to teach him like how to use it. Okay. So hopefully well, as he gets older and starts Googling boobs every five seconds, I can, I can try to keep a wrap on it, but there's also a part of me that knows you can only control so much. And all I can do is take all like we had a unique growing up because we grew up like people we always, had without it. And then we saw see, the rise of it. It drives me nuts. Cause people always say it's the generation in front of us, the, the gen Xers cause we're millennials. Yeah. So they always say the gen Xers are the only ones. This it's like, no, 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 no. I think our growing up was even better. So you guys grew up and had technology by the time you were an adult. We actually grew up in an age where we were young kids with no technology, and we were still young kids when we got technology because technology moves so fucking fast. Yep. I remember being 
a child and having an, an N64 and playing Legend, Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time and being able to get on dial-up internet and go print out like the walkthrough to help me get through the mm-hmm. water temple because it was a pain in the ass. Yeah. And then you were still a kid when the Xbox 360 came out and Call of Duty did. You were what, 17, 18? Yeah, I was, I was middle school, early high school playing Halo 3. Yeah, but yeah, exactly. We were all playing Halo 3 in what, 10th grade maybe? Yeah. I think earlier than that. It was earlier than that because... I was going to say almost junior high. Yeah, middle school for me. Yeah, because I was... There was an old neighbor that lived next to me that we played together. Yeah, because I remember like the whole hooking the Xboxes up with the cables so you could... Yeah, I didn't go to the game... game, uh, They used to do them at colleges. Game Trader? Yeah, Game Trader where you do the system link. Those those nights were fun. That's what I'm saying though. So I think we grew up with an even better perspective because like Gen Xers, they still got technology. They don't know how to use it. (laughs) Well, they do. But I'm saying they learned how to use it as an adult when their morals and all that shit was already pretty much set in cement. Okay. We started getting it when we were still in our formidable years. And then now our kids, or my kids in my case, are going to be growing up with the most advanced. They're never going to know not technology. Mm-hmm. But my kids also get a unique perspective because like I, how I choose to raise them. You know, we still got boxes of VHSs we watch. You know, they're going to know about that life, actually. They're going to know about that life as soon as I can find a fucking VHS player. <laughs> oh, dude, easy. Go to Goodwill. Yeah. Well, I don't have time for that. I don't have time to get home, apparently. <laughs> but no, uh, I just think it's one of the, the big picture here is like the media outlets portraying, you know, Daily Wire saying it's the most abomination. I'm sure if you flipped over to like NBC or CNN, they're going to tell you it was the most greatest necessary episode of all time. And I think. The big issue here is people need to start taking taking note of like what these shows are romanticizing and what they're pushing. Mm-hmm. Like I said, like I was saying, like I'm a grown ass man. I'm not immune to porn. I've watched porn in my life. Like we've all seen it. We've all fucking looked at it. But I'm also at a point where I'm like, why? Like what's going on with the fucking story? <laughs> you know, like this is stupid. Quit wasting my time. Yeah, and that's doesn't matter gay or straight or whatever. Um, And then people, you know, romanticizing drug use and suicide and all these things. It's like shows need to start romanticizing, hopefully positive aspects. Good morals. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and then it needs to trickle down from the shows we're watching with our significant others or by ourselves to the shows we're showing our fucking kids. Like I said, I don't want my kids watching shows where nobody's kissing nobody. Yeah. I want him watching shows that say like, fucking like blues clues status like yeah. fucking sing a song and go clean your fucking I'm room doing this because it makes my friend happy and it helps them out exactly yeah. not fucking you know i'm a lesbian and i'm 11 <laughs> you don't even know what you want for dinner but it's just it's an it's nuts yeah i i will say though on tim cast even though they did a lot of like talking about the unnecessary gay scene the unnecessary moral of that whole story they the the unhappiness they were with romanticizing suicide they still did say it's a great fucking show and people should watch it It oh dude yeah it's a great show the latest episode that came out was really good yeah and i think that's a lot of shows it's just like can we stop taking those little little shoot ourselves in the foot moments yeah those little detours just to try and make a point like i said i mean you could have made the and like i think that uh tim pool's point was great is you could have made it a not love story like you didn't have to cater to gay people 
and give them what they wanted. You don't even have to cater to straight people and give them what they want. You could have made it brothers. Yeah. Siblings. Yeah, best or, friends. Yeah, like we were talking, just some stranger comes up and they, ma- they made a partnership to take care of this yep. place and take care of each other with no physical relationship and that was between. And that was his point is like, that's what a lot of people think, but these show creators are just kind of pushing it off to the side. It's like, you don't have to cater... Like we were talking on the episode with Tyler. Like you don't have to go to the fringe of the left or the right or anyone. You can completely stay neutral and make a great story. It could have been best friends. Yeah. Everybody knows what it's like to have a good friend. Yeah. You could have made it a moral story about strangers and being a better person and helping each other and helping, you know, community. Okay. You, you could have made it about brothers. If you're a brother with a brother, you would relate. If you're a sister with a brother, you would relate. Everybody's happy. Why do we just... No, nah, we're not going to do that. <laughs> you know. Fuck common sense. Throw that shit out the window. Right. <laughs> but no, hopefully they, uh, I mean, I'll have to figure out how to watch it. I may have gotten back on my younger, more safer LimeWire style days lately. So <laughs> I'll probably figure out how to watch it without having to get HBO Max. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it's good. I recommend it for sure. Yeah. But I, all right. So since we were talking about the whole vague of the episode what movie that we watched growing up would you think would not be allowed today i have one top of my mind because i say it a lot the first one that came to my mind blazing saddles okay i've never watched that movie what i've never watched it oh my (laughs) we can't be friends but i know i know the reference because i've heard that it's very racist i could quote that whole movie the the movie i was gonna say was boondock saints um The first one or the second one? First one. Why? The gay slurs. <laughs> you know, all, all the racist stuff in it because yeah. of the Irishman and yeah, all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's a great movie, but you couldn't do that today. There's a lot you couldn't do today. Um, a lot of people are talking about comedy that you just, a lot of the comedy movies that we like, Dude, Where's My Car, American Pie, like all those old school, Out Cold. Okay. Like you couldn't do Out Cold today. Was it Out Cold? Uh, Tickle my pickle. I don't know. You just go pickle my tickle. <laughs> I have no idea. Um, <laughs> Shallow Howl. Okay. I remember that one. I never watched any of the American Pies. Dude, what are you doing? Living an anime life. No, you need to watch American <laughs> Pie. Um, yeah, the, the first one that came to my mind when you said that is Blazing Saddles. Okay. And that movie is, it's hilarious. You want to know something? Stacy has never watched the movie Tombstone. You guys might have to break up. <laughs> That's another movie I can probably quote from beginning it's a to great end. Great movie because we were, we were in California and we were talking about places where we wanted to go, and I said I want to go to Tombstone, Arizona. Yeah, I want to see the Battle of the OK Corral area and just the whole area. Yeah, and then we got into the conversation. I was like, "Have you even seen the movie?" She's like, "No," because she doesn't know who Doc Holliday is. She doesn't know who Wyatt oh. Earp is. I was like, "Who the fuck are you?" And get I, out of your own rental. I car. have like at least five friends that have all named kids after Wyatt Earp. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That that is a tombstone you could probably do these days for sure. I can't believe she hasn't seen it though. Yeah, you can definitely redo tombstone, but it was it caught me off guard when I asked her. She's yeah. like, I've never seen it because she watches movies all day. She's just. I was going to say she person. she talked about on our podcast about being into acting and stuff, and usually people who are get into acting have a really vast movie. Base. Yeah, she's just not a Western person because then we passed um, a place called the spaghetti saloon which made me come up to asking her about do you know what spaghetti westerns are and shit like that yeah she's like no like what the who the fuck are you (laughs) 
Yeah. Man, there's a lot of movies now that I think about it. I'm surprised Gran Torino. If Gran Torino would have came oh, out five years later, it wouldn't have happened. Point. I didn't even think about Gran Torino. Um, yeah, there's a bunch, dude. Uh, I think a lot of the comedy movies that came out when we were in high school, you couldn't do today. No. Um, definitely Blazing Saddles would not have happened. Even though they did, there's like a Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That's supposed to be really funny. That that's pretty good. I've only uh, watched it once. We were gonna watch I it the just, other night, but it's three hours long. I may have just acquired it. So <laughs> I wanna watch it. Um Yeah. Even TV shows, it's like I don't think supposedly they're talking about a relaunch of King of the Hill, but I'm concerned. I'm like, Yeah. Are you gonna bring it back as old school King of the Hill? Be or, careful. Or are that. you gonna bring it back as you know, some some woke ideology King of the Hill? Yeah. You know, so it's gonna be king and queen of the hill. Exactly, Bobby's gonna be trans. <laughs> That's not my purse. <laughs> uh, I don't know you. <laughs> yeah, no, the uh, I don't know. Hopefully, I think there's hope when you see shows that come out like Yellowstone. When you see these shows that come out, um, even the movies that slip through the cracks that are actually really good. I think it gives you hope. And when you see shows like, like Yellowstone that do so fucking good, or when you see Dave Chappelle's special, even with all the drama around it from all the news, and then you see the amount of views he got, mm-hmm. like it tells you there's hope. And I think it just kind of goes back to the, I can't remember which episode it was where I was saying the silent majority needs to get a little less silent. Yeah. I'm not saying we need to go get in each other's business, but we do need to just maybe announce Announce our preferences a little louder. And announcing our preferences doesn't mean you're trying to change someone else's. It's just saying what you want, you know? I like beef. Some people like chicken. I think we made our points pretty clear this episode and then our cancel episode last time. Yeah. I'm surprised. Have you put any clips on TikTok? Have any of those went crazy yet? Um, Tell me you did the Colin Kaepernick zing you made. I don't think I did. <laughs> you should. I got a text from somebody when about the seals and baby seals. Uh. <laughs> I, I just got a text with fucking dying laughing emojis. Uh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was uh, contemplating. I was like, the Colin Kaepernick little zinger you threw out there made me die. I was like, that's so funny. I might have to go back and make that. I would. Okay. People like controversy, I guess. That that video still slowly has it, like it, it has traction still. Yeah, three hundred fifty thousand views. Have you noticed anything with the algorithms being weird lately? Yes. Don't get me started because so our podcast TikTok does better than my personal TikTok. So uh, I've noticed that our numbers changed. Like I was looking at a video on Facebook that had a bunch of views, and then later it had less views than it had when I looked at it before. So that struck me as weird. And how then did it go, how did it lose into views? I don't know. It went like I, I swear I looked at it one time, it was like eleven hundred views, and I looked at it again, it was like eight hundred. I was like, what the fuck? Hmm. And that was the other thing. I was like, why are we getting so many more views on Facebook than Instagram? Because my business page is the exact opposite. I got videos on my business page that just keep climbing and climbing and pretty much nothing on my Facebook. But Yeah, I don't Some of the clips I put on our podcast Facebook page got a lot of, not a lot, I mean for what they're getting, like like our Instagram clips usually average a couple hundred views. Like I just 
can't get the right keyword or whatever to get them popping. But yeah. then, then some of them kind of pop, like the one with me choking on my dip. <laughs> that one, <laughs> that one got a bunch of views last week or something for some reason. But yeah, there's a, yeah, like our Instagram that, that that's our top viewed clip is me choking on my dip. Is it really? <laughs> yeah. But even then, it, even then, it's only like, maybe, and it's a stupid clip. Yeah, and it's only, but it's only like twelve hundred views. Yeah. But then I put a fucking a video about putting chains on a container on my Instagram on my business page, and I get twelve thousand views. Yeah. It's like what. Like, I know there's probably somebody's gonna hear this. Like, you guys are fucking sissies. I get half a million for something, but fuck you. I've just noticed it. Like, we were going crazy on Facebook for a minute there. Like, all our clips on Facebook started getting like a hundred views a day all of a sudden, and then it just kind of stopped. Mm-hmm. I was like, what the hell? And then our Instagram ones started getting a little more traction. So I'm like, what the hell is Meta doing? Like, yeah, dude, I, I don't get it. Because even on TikTok, like, I try to be, you know, I try to post every day like on, on my personal one yeah and then for for the podcast one you know I, I post every wednesday the release of a new episode and then every other day you know because we try to get three or four clips three minimum four would be ideal if we can get you know more better yeah. that way we can post daily but if not every other day but on my personal page you know i try to post every day just so that way there's something being yep. loaded yep and shit like that and i was like i don't know if it's shadow banned or it just probably sucks but everything was limited to like a two or 300 view count. But then I can make a stupid six second clip and it gets fucking 14,000. That means that's completely irrelevant. To I anything. feel like there's got to be something about like, if you get 500 views within a couple of hours, they start recommending it more. Yeah. Because I, that seems to be the theme like on my business Instagram is it's like, it just gets my normal. Cause like my business page on Instagram has like a little over a thousand followers. So I'll get like a couple hundred views, but then it seems like sometimes like when one comes, it's just an avalanche. Like yeah. next thing you know, I'll get 2000 views in a day. So it's like, maybe, maybe if you get a certain amount of views within 60 minutes, they go, okay, this video's popping. Let's recommend it more or something. I don't know. Yeah. I don't get it. It but makes no sense. Let's wrap this one up. Yeah. Cause, uh, since we're talking about social medias, make sure we go to them and then help that view count and interaction. So, like we said, we have an Instagram. It is the underscore blue collar underscore syndicate. Facebook, the blue collar syndicate podcast. TikTok, blue collar syndicate pod. So, all of those are there and active and going. And we look forward to being able to chit chat with whoever wants to talk with us. Yeah. We've got a few messages from people saying they really enjoy it. So, yeah. Keep those coming. Keep some recommendations. I know we got a recommendation. Someone called and meeting that guy. We're both truckers. We talked for a while, but he made a recommendation of something we should look into. And I know uh, I did some research on it this weekend and we'll bring it up here in the next episode or two or three. Yep. Sometime in the near future. Cause it's a, it's a good one. I think a lot of blue collar people like to talk about. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's social media and, you know, media in general, this comes out everywhere we can. And obviously it turns into a numbers game. We want to be able to get the best we can for you inside of a garage and hopefully a shop one day when uh albert's wife lets us i'll I'll say that every episode till she breaks well the the numbers game is definitely where we need everybody else's help because obviously we can only do so much and we then rely we're reliant on you so we appreciate every like share interaction we can possibly get we're grateful for it yeah and if you stay till the end i'll give you a spoiler there's going to be a giveaway soon so what 
There's going to be a giveaway soon. Okay. I, I got a great idea. We talked about it before. Is it the one that... Okay. I don't think we're going to do the one that you first brought up. Well, you brought it up and it was a good one and then I had to go make it super complicated. <laughs> but I, th- I thought of another way okay. that we could do something that's super easy and kind of fun. Okay. Hopefully. So we'll, we'll try to roll that out. I don't know. Maybe whenever I get a job that pays worth a shit or not. Perfect. I like it. <laughs> All right, guys. Take it easy, everyone. Later.